0: several times a year we do this. We do something called Five on Five, where we take five of our leaders and we just give them about five minutes to share a thought with you. And so we wanted to start off this year with sharing a thought on prayer. And so if you're a guest with us, we want to welcome you. One of the things our pastor tells us is to uh, try us out three times. If you're new here, give us three shots. And obviously this is a little bit different as we start the new year and he'll be back with us again next year, as I said. And so we welcome you to come back three times and uh, try us out and just see if this might be uh, the church family for you. So first up, today we have Antonio. Antonio is a Rise Youth Leader uh, and uh, just has a, a great spirit about him, uh, and, and uh, it just has a great word to share with you today. And so what we've done is we've asked them all to prepare one thought on prayer. And so uh, let's welcome Antonio as he
1: comes and shares his one thought on prayer today. Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Antonio, like Pastor Jason said. Uh, I'm going to be speaking to you about prayer. Uh, I don't know if many of y'all are like me, but have you ever not prayed for something because you thought, hey, it, that, that sounds a little too crazy? Or maybe it's impossible? Or maybe God can't move in, in that situation? You know, for example, maybe some of us have already got that diagnosis from the doctor, already the bad news, so we've given up, say, hey, there's no point of healing in our prayers. Or maybe restoration in our marriages, hey, it's always constant fighting. It's always, the paper's almost signed, so there's no point of that prayer. Maybe for that lost loved one or for our child who doesn't know Christ and say, man, God, just only if they would know, but you know what, their life is too crazy, it's not possible. We see this in the book of Joshua. He, he prays something very crazy, very insane, very impossible, whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's hard to wrap your head around it. But before I, I read into it, it's in Joshua 10. Uh, I'll give you a little context. So Gibeon is being attacked by five kings. Five kings have banded together to take down Israel. So uh, Gibeon asks Israel, hey, can you come help us? And they say, yes, we'll, we'll help you all. So we'll, they travel from Gilgal all the way to Gi- Gibeon all night. It's about like, I think, 84 miles. So, of course, armies carrying, it takes about a whole day. So, all, all night, they're, they're going. In the morning, instead of saying, hey, let, let's, let's rest, let, let's camp out, let's know what we're fighting against, they just say, hey, we're just going to attack. So, they, they attack in the morning, and then later on at night, they're, they're already getting close to at night. Usually, armies back then, what they would do is they would, clo- they would come to a stop, They'll get other wounded, get other dead, they'll get rest, and they'll continue fighting the next day. And this is where we pick up. So remember, they they've been traveled all night, they fought in the morning, fighting all day, and this is where we pick up. It says, On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel. He said, Let, let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Aijalon.' Can you just imagine for the sun to stop? For the moon to stop, like right now, if we would go outside and it just like, the sun never moved, the moon didn't move, like, how insane would that be? Like, you can't even wrap your head around that. And this is what he prays for. This is what Joshua says, hey, God, like, can you stop the sun and the moon so we can continue fighting? Like, if I was a soldier, I would have been pretty upset. Like, man, like, we've traveled all night, and we're fighting all day, and you want to stop the sun. Like, I'm tired. I, I, I want to rest. I want to get some sleep. My feet hurt. Like, I would have probably stabbed Joshua and said, like, you're not about to pray that, you know? But even in, in heaven, can you just imagine that the angels are in heaven, and, and they're just there, and they're just worshiping God, and, and they just hear, just like, God. You you hear that? Like this dude wants you to stop the sun and the moon, and God's like, no way! Like really? He's like, yeah. This is what he's praying for. They traveled all night. They 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 fought all morning and all day, and they want to continue fighting for the victory for you. And God says, okay, let me be part of that. And says so the sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies. They had defeated their enemies. God said, hey, let me be part of that story. Let me be part of that. And let me stop the sun and let me stop the moon in that moment. Yes, it, it's, it's crazy to think of. And it even says to this day that hey, it has never been done again from, from, from that point. So don't stop. Don't, don't put a cap on your prayers just because they might seem impossible. Because then we miss out on today's miracles. One thing I, I do is every morning I, I pray for our teenagers. I say, God, let these teenagers change the world. Let them make a difference today, not tomorrow, not when they're 18, not when they're out of the house, but today. That sixth grader, that seventh grader, that freshman, that, that sophomore, that senior who doesn't know what they want to do next. Let them change the world, God, today. And I remember when he had just barely started uh, the youth ministries, we, we, we started with small groups. And in our small groups, I, I remember having two students, two boys, and one of the boys in my small groups, he, he, he wanted to grow in his faith. He wanted to know God. He wanted to be bold in his prayers. He wanted to know how to pray, but he, he, he was too scared to do this. And then we had another student who wanted nothing to do with God, who didn't know God, who was only there because his, his parents forced him to be there. And I remember opening up one time and, in small group and him saying, the one that didn't want to be there, and say, man, I, I, I hate people. And I told him, why, why do you hate people? Hate's a strong word. Why do you hate people? He's like, because they're, they're mean I, I hardly have friends at school, they're, they're, they're mean to me at school, they're, they pick on me, they, they, they bully me, they, they, they write nasty things to me. They even tell me that it would be better if, if I wasn't here on this earth. That maybe it, the school would be a whole lot better if I, if I didn't come. And I remember hearing that in that moment and my heart just breaking and just saying, man, God, like, and I pray, God, let these teenagers change the world. I didn't know what to say, and before I could even say anything, the teenager who went to grow in his faith but who was always scared, I remember him putting his hands on, on the, other, the other young boy, and he said, man, I'm sorry that you're going through that. I'm sorry that you're feeling that way. I'm sorry that, that you don't have friends, but guess what? I'm your friend. Not only am I your friend, but I'm your brother because that's what we believe here at, at Rise. He's like about spiritual family, and I remember him telling that. Hey, we believe in, in spiritual families. So you're my brother. God has a plan for you. God loves you. God knows you. And guess what? That's never going to happen to you ever again. Nobody's going to tell you that ever again because they don't have to tell me that too. So he said, I'm going to stand up for you. And I remember hearing those moments. And, and I know God says, if you look back, and it says that to this day, the sun and the moon has n- have never stopped ever again. But to me, in that moment, it felt like the sun and the moon had stopped. And God said, let me be part of this story. Let me change his life. You want to see something great? Let me be part of it. All you got to do is just pray. And I remember seeing that, and I remember uh, hearing that And that teenager now, the one who wanted nothing to do with God, knows God now. He has a relationship with God. He loves our youth ministry. Guess what? He comes to every Wednesday. He's probably one of the ones who has never missed a Wednesday night since we've started. He's always one of the ones who's always the last ones to leave. He loves people. He loves being with his friends. He has friends here. He, he, lo- he has family here. He just loves being around. Why? Because somebody loved him. God said, let me be part of that story. Let me stop the sun and the moon for for him. So today, just as I wrap up, don't stop with your prayers. Don't say, hey, it's impossible because then we might miss out on today's miracles. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Antonio. I'm thankful for Antonio that he's prayed that prayer over our teenagers. And uh, what a great stewardship of their lives to pray that prayer, Lord, that they would change the world that these teenagers could change the world I appreciate that and uh, let us not put caps on our prayer pray big bold prayers that honor God next up we have Olinda she is married to Antonio helps him lead uh, the youth but also uh, leads so many things around here and including just caring for our volunteers and making sure uh, they have what they need on a weekend and serving them and feeding them and just being a blessing to them and she has a word today that's going to be a blessing to you so let's welcome Olinda as comes.
2: Thank you so much. So sometimes when we think about prayer, it kind of gets a little fuzzy for us, right? Like we start to think, well, okay, do I just, when I pray, do I just thank God? Or do I really just pray what I need? Or, you know, am I supposed to include his word in when I pray? And I believe it's all of those three and more. And I'll tell you why. There's this moment in my life. I was in seventh grade. Um, I got called to the counselor's office. Now, getting called to the counselor's office is probably not one of the best things, right? Either you're really bad at in your school, in your classes, or, you know, there's something going on in your personal life that they have to work through. And I remember I, I'm going, and I sit there, and, you know, I'm just waiting, um, waiting for the counselor, waiting for the other student to join us. And I'm like, God, like, why, why am I sitting here? And this is grind, This is in eighth grade, and so I'm gonna back up just for in, in seventh grade, because um, I'm gonna tell you why I was sitting there. Seventh grade, I would I will tell you that I had this um, quote-unquote alt- altercation with another female student. Um, students, if y'all know what I mean, I said the story a couple months ago, so y'all probably know what I'm talking about. Had this altercation with her, and it was more about a he said she said type of thing, right? So we're like, you know what? Let's just let's just squash all of this right now. Let's just go do it. Um, and you know, turns out it happened in a girls' restroom, which I I do not highly encourage any of that. Um, and after this altercation, you know, I thought I was like, finally, it's done, it's over with. But now I'm in eighth grade, and I'm sitting in this counselor's office, and I'm here, and I'm just like, man, God, like, why am I in this place? Because I'm in there because I needed to mend this horrible relationship with this girl that we got an altercation with the year prior because not only did we do that, but now in eighth grade, she is taunting me. She is bullying me, she is telling me words. She's, every time I walk across the hall, she has to say something. Every time, you know, I open my locker, she has to throw something in there. And I'm like, man, like why? Like I went dazed without words. I didn't know what to do, what to say, but I knew that I can, I, I just, I hope that one day this would all be over. And in these moments when I felt this pain and when I felt hopeless, I knew I could count on one thing and that was prayer. Not only that, because not, I was just a new Christian, and even being a new Christian, I knew that something changes when we pray, you know, um, and here's my main point for you guys. It's, it's not enough just to know about prayer. It's about pursuing prayer, because in Romans 12, 12, it says, uh, be, rejoice in hope, okay? Um, be patient in tribulation. Another verse says trouble, and then be constant in prayer, And I don't know what you're going through or what your pain may feel like, but I feel that sometimes when instead of putting our our gears in drive, we put it back into neutral and we say, you know what, because I'm going through this, I'm not going to I'm not going to push a little bit harder because I'm going through this. I'm just going to let it sit out. But let me tell you, when you switch your gear back to drive and you can just pray and pray God's word in your life your perspective changes, and it shifts is on how you think and how you respond and how you act and how you walk. And so when we think about this, knowing that, you know what, God, man, my pain is too much. This The sorrow hurts too much. I can't go on. But let me tell you, God has something more for you. Because remember, it's not just about knowing about prayer. It's about pursuing prayer. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Olinda. That's a great word. We just need to sometimes not just know it, we got to do it. Bible says not be hearers only, but be doers of God's word. Do, pursue prayer. That's a great word. Thank you, Olinda. Uh, next up, we have Ben. Ben is our Rise Kids leader, directs and leads that. And uh, you may not know this about Ben. He uh, was my intern years ago. Uh, and uh, someone asked me the other day, was he my son? Uh <laughs> I'm not sure if I should feel offended that they think I'm that old or that Ben should be offended that they think he's that young. Uh, Either way, uh, he has been like a son to me, and I love him like a son and a a, a little brother, but I know he has a a, a great word to share with you
3: about prayer. So let's welcome Ben. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Man, that makes uh, me—I appreciate that compliment, seriously— well, I'm glad to be here with you and talk, to talk to you about prayer in this new year. It's a new year and it's kind of starting out pretty cold, but it's a new year and it's a new me and I should probably pray more. Like I should commit to praying more. Like what a perfect time to do it too. 21 days of prayer, it starts tomorrow, it starts here soon. I should be able to do this. Oh, you know what? Maybe not today. I don't know if I'll have enough time today. Well, Oh, well. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Maybe I could do it tomorrow. Maybe I could pray tomorrow. That would be perfect. You know what? I wanted to work out. I might be able to pray when I'm working out. Maybe I could. Ugh. Then I have work. I'm actually kind of thinking about work right now. I'm not going to enjoy that too much. Then I'll have dinner with my family. I guess I just won't be able to pray tomorrow. I just, I just can't get to it. You know, prayer is often something we wish we did more of, but life kind of takes priority. Like, you know, you must pray. Like, prayer is important to us as Christians. We say a blessing over our food right before dinner. Like prayer, prayer is important. And I've often heard it said that prayer is just talking to God like you would with anybody else. And I'm pretty good at talking. <laughs> like I can talk, I can talk a lot. Anybody out there probably knows, who knows me. Any other extroverts, you know what I'm talking about, too. Any extroverts out there, you can talk, and you could talk a lot. So it should be easy. It should be easy to talk to God and build this relationship with him. Isn't it true that, you know, to build a relationship with God, it can look like a relationship with somebody else. But it always seems like my other relationships, they take priority. Because a relationship, it's a two-way street. You've got to commit to it. It just doesn't happen overnight. And if prayer is how I build my relationship with God, then I should stop wishing to pray more, and I should start committing to praying more. Paul Paul does a great job encouraging us to pray, and I kind of want to highlight a few parts of this, uh, these, these verses here. It's found in Philippians 4, 4 through 7. This is how it, says. Uh, this is how it starts. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Do not be anxious, but in every situation with prayer and petition and thanksgiving, bring your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind. I think Paul is telling us to bring a request to God in every situation because God is listening to you. He takes your requests seriously. He's there for you. He will always be there for you. And that's really reassuring. I like the end there too, where it says he'll guard your heart, he'll remind the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind. Because that really makes me feel like he has my back, that God is there for me. It doesn't matter what I'm going through, that the troubles I come to him with, the the hurts I'm coming with, the the things I'm confused about, I can go to him because I know he has my back. That sounds like a friend that I want to hold on to. That sounds like a friend I want to keep close to me. I have a, a best friend growing up. His name's Tyler. All best friends, I guess, like, you, ones that you get in trouble with. It always seemed to start out with the name Tyler. But, you know, uh, so Tyler and I, we, we would have a lot of fun growing up, and we would get in trouble sometimes, yeah, of course. But, you know, I, I really appreciate my friend because he was always there for me. Yeah. He had my back. And uh, I remember this one particular tough time. We, we lost a friend. He passed away, and it was really tough on us. And we decided to go on a run the week it happened. For some reason, we, don't, we didn't run normally, but we did that day. And we'd run past some houses and some trees, and we'd slow down to talk. We'd start talking about what mattered to us. We'd start talking about life. We talked about what happened. But I really appreciated him in that moment because he was there when I needed him most. And yes, he lives in Florida now and I live here in San Antonio and it seems like we're far away from each other, but when I call him up, it feels like right where we left off. Yeah, that's good. The cool thing about God is that he hasn't moved away from you. Yes. He is always there, ready to listen to you. And he wants to be there for you. All you have to do is invite him into your life. Invite God into your life. So my challenge for you this year to so stop wishing to pray more and start committing to praying more. I believe when we start to do that, we start to walk around like God is with us all the time. Like we have the confidence that God is with us, backing us up through anything, any of life's troubles, any of life's hurts, even the best parts of life. Don't you want to rejoice with God too? I believe when we start to do that, we start to walk around that God is with us. We have the confidence to take on life. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Dan. Thank you. Great word. Let us see that time of prayer as a relationship with God. Well, next up we have Robin, and she's a part of our uh, Rise Worship team, and uh, she just has a great spirit about her. And I say this with all respect that she has a motherly spirit about her. And there's something in the New Testament that encourages that motherly spirit, and she has that. She's in that role, and she's going to bring a great word for us today, encouraging us in prayer. So thank you, Robin. Let's thank her as she comes right now.
4: Thank you, Pastor Jason. It's always an honor to share with you. And as you know, I am going to be talking about prayer. You might wonder, what else can you say about prayer? But prayer has, is a multifaceted thing. And um, I think a lot of people, they pray about different things. They pray for different reasons and at different times. But prayer is so much more than just reciting words out of habit, out of tradition, or out of religion. Prayer is a powerful weapon that we have as a Christian, and it's one of the most important weapons that we can have in our arsenal. In Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verses 10 through 18, it talks about the armor of God, and it lists the armor. And the armor of God is very important because it starts by telling us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. How do we do that? We begin by putting on the full armor of God so that we're protected from evil and so that we can be victorious in our Christian walk. And so verses 14 through 18 list the armor of God. And the last one that is mentioned, but certainly not the least, is prayer. Praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit. And so we have to remember that all of the weapon, all of the armor of God is important, but prayer is one of the most crucial, I think, because that's our communication with God. It's similar to natural battle, our military. We have soldiers who are trained with weapons to help them to be uh, successful on the battlefield. But we also have commanders and the command post. They are the ones that know the battle plans. They're the ones that have the optics to see where the enemy is. They know the tactics of the enemy. And when the soldiers are in communication with their command post and the commander, they're able to get direction on how they are to proceed in order to make their battle successful and to take out the enemy. And so it is in the spirit. When we have communication with our commander, God, he... He knows our enemy. He knows the lies that he tries to tell us. He knows the the traps that he sets for us. He knows how to communicate to us so that when we walk our Christian walk, we can be victorious and successful in that walk. Now, there may be times when you're not sure what to do. Maybe you're not hearing from God. Maybe you don't have clear direction. It's at those times that you need to stand still. You need to pray, communicate, seek godly advice, read his word, and wait till you get clear direction in order to proceed. And there's a story in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. King Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And he and his army were in battle, and they were surrounded by enemy armies. And at one point they stopped and they prayed. In verse 12, his prayer was, Lord, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. We're going to come across times in our life when we don't know what to do. We're we're surrounded by circumstances that are beyond our control and we're like, Lord, what do I do? How do I proceed? How can I have victory over this in my life? And so it's important that we stop and wait for that direction from God. And so one of the... um, One of the uh, stories that I can recall in my life, my kids were younger. I was married at the time, and my husband and I, we pastored a church. And we had been there for many years or several years, and we felt like we had done everything that God had called for us to do. And so we were seeking God in prayer. We were seeking godly counsel from others, and we were reading the word. And one morning, I happened to wake up, and there was a scripture reference on my mind, the book, chapter, and verse. I didn't know what the scripture said. And so I got up, and I got busy with my day, and I completely forgot about it. But a week later, that same scripture reference came to my mind. God was speaking to me again. So I pulled out my Bible. And I read that verse, and when I read that verse, to me, it was a confirmation that God knew where we were. He knew the exact steps we were to take, and that he promised me that he was going to go with us, and that we would be successful in this next venture of our life. And it just said to me that you're going to be moving. There's going to be a change in your life, but be, be assured that I'll be with you. And so I went, and I told my husband that later that night, and I told him I said about the scripture reference, and I said... I want to read it to you, and I want you to tell me what you think it means. See, I had been reluctant to move, but when I read that scripture, that was that confirmation and gave me the assurance. So I read it to him, and he asked me, he says, what do you think it means? And I said, well, I feel like God's just telling me it's okay, that he's going to go with us and that we're getting ready to move and make a change. And he confirmed that he felt the same way after reading that scripture. So I encourage you today. Put on all of the armor of God and don't forget that prayer is one of the most powerful weapons that you have in your arsenal because that is your communication with God and when you communicate with him, he will lead you and guide you and direct you and cause you to be victorious in your walk with him.
0: Thank you, thank you, Robin. Let us not forget that we are battling in prayer and that we have the victory in him. And if we understand that, we would pray again. Uh, Last up, we have Carlos, and Carlos is also a part of our Rise worship team, and uh, his wife, and he uh, lead a marriage small group, and they're just great leaders in our church, and I know that he also has a uh, great word for you. So let's welcome Carlos as he comes.
5: Thank you, Pastor Jason, and thank you to Pastor Aaron as well, my leader, Tabby, for uh, the honor for allowing me to share with you guys this morning uh, this thought on prayer. You guys have heard a lot of great thoughts uh, you know, from all the great leaders here, and so my thought's going to be actually based off of the word in Matthew, and I'll read that first and then kind of give you, and we'll unpack that. It's in Matthew uh, chapter 18, verse 19 and 20, where it says, again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything that they ask for... It will be done for them by my father in heaven for where two or three gather in my name there I am with them now verse 19 starts with again and that's a very important word anytime you see that in the gospels when Jesus is talking he's kind of saying hey before I mention what I'm going to say this is really important it's something that's going to impact you listen pay attention and so verse 19 there's a promise there now I grew up in church I'm not sure about about you but in verse 20 um, that was the verse that I was used to hearing all the time. If those going to be small groups, well, where we're two more gathered, Jesus is going to be there, right? And there's nothing wrong with that, but I just grew up hearing that over and over again. Small groups, uh, youth group, uh, prayer nights, that was the verse that was always talked about. But verse 19 was one of the ones that I had never really paid attention to until recently. My wife and I, this past season of small groups, had the privilege to lead uh, a marriage small group like Pastor Jason mentioned. It was called Reengage. And uh, just by the name, you can imagine, it's it's engaging couples, bringing them back together. Um, and just, it's biblical. It's, it was very powerful. My wife and I have prayed through the whole time, even before the, the small group started, on how we can uh, lift these couples up, uh, pray for them to come together. Restoration, to happened. All that, all that was great. And it actually happened. But there was even a bigger blessing when we actually came together and we started doing prayer requests. And it was kind of something that kind of took me by surprise. Because every Friday night after we finished uh, the study, we gave a few minutes for prayer requests. Now, it's normal whenever you're in front of new people in a small group to say, hey, this is kind of what I'm going through. Or this is the season that I'm in. Or this is the the prayer that I'm praying for on my own. Uh, And and I totally understand that. So the first week, no prayers. Right? Prayer requests, nobody. Uh, Second week, prayer requests. And then someone say, hey, I have one. So we pray for them. Now, we had this group meet chat where we were all kind of talking throughout the week and encouraging each other. And we actually had that person say, Hey, my prayer was answered. Man, praise God. That's awesome, right? Next Friday, any prayer requests? Two, three hands. Awesome. We'll start praying. Middle of the week, Hey, my prayer was answered. My prayer was answered. Hey, my prayer was answered. And it kind of started becoming like a trend where every Friday, now we had like five, six prayers, right, going on. And it was great. That's great. That's awesome. It encouraged everybody to pray for each other. And it kind of goes back to verse 19. See, th- there, yeah, there's prayer, there's power in prayer. That's that's for sure. We see that in the Bible everywhere. But verse 19 has a promise about coming together in agreement for one another in the prayers that we lift up. So kind of in closing uh, and wrapping up, we have one, uh, um, one specific prayer that kind of really touched me, and it was... Uh, This couple said, hey, can we pray for my sister? Um, She's been going through the adoption process. Now, if if you guys know someone who has gone through the adoption process or you've gone through the adoption process, you know it's a difficult one. There's a lot of uh, steps that need to be uh, done and a lot of things, paperwork, et cetera. And um, they they mentioned to us, man, she's having just a struggle. It's just speed bump. After speed bump, it's being held up. They can't move forward. They really don't know what to do. Can we pray for her? So We said, yeah, we're going to lift her up and, and, and definitely see what can happen in the process. Man, a little to no time later, maybe about a week later, we got the praise report that God has started opening doors. The process started moving forward. And actually, the kids were going to be able to be with his sister for Christmas. And that was even the bigger just response of the prayer. And it was just to show us the promise once again that when we come together in agreement, there is a promise on the other side. So my encouragement uh, this morning to you guys is as we start the new year, as we start 21 days of prayer, and we're going to be praying for different things, different themes, and as we start the new season of small groups here shortly as well, is that you find other people in the body of Christ, other believers that you can come with in agreement to pray with one another. Pray for each other's uh, petitions, lift them up, see God's hands move. uh, And you'd be surprised when God is powerful in all the answers that he can give us.
0: Amen. The amazing thing to me is, as we put this together and we asked each one of them to to share, we didn't give them any direction. We just said, "What's one thought on prayer?" But as you look at, at that together, God weaved a message together, is in the way that only He can. Is we heard from Carlos about the power of agreeing prayer and we heard from robin about battling in prayer and ben from just that relationship and olinda pursuing prayer and antonio let's put no cap on prayer god weaved something together there that only he could do and with your heads bowed and eyes closed and maybe you're here right now and you're like, yeah, that's, that sounds great, but I'm not sure I have that relationship with God that Ben mentioned that all the others alluded to. Maybe your prayers just feel like you're talking out to the universe and there's nothing back, there's nothing coming back. It's just a one-way street. And maybe you've never just prayed a prayer of surrender to God and just say, hey, I want to give you my life. The Bible tells us that our relationship with God was broken by sin. That's the story of the Scripture. is that sin entered into the world and broke our relationship with God. That we're all intended to live in constant relationship with Him, but sin prevents that. And so often we try to do things to deal with our own sin. And that's what most of the Old Testament is about. And you see so much in the New Testament, people still striving to deal with their own sin. Well, there's nothing we could do. The more we strive, the more we were stuck. I don't know if you've ever been stuck before, driven in sand, driven in mud, driven in snow and, The more you accelerated, the more stuck you became. That's us and our sin. And so God had a plan from the beginning, and that was to send his son to once and for all deal with our sin. And our response to that is to surrender at the cross. The cross was a place where Christ surrendered his life for us. And our response is not to strive but to surrender to him. So if you're here or you're watching online and you've never done that and you'd like to surrender lordship of your life to him, would you just raise your hand, even if you're watching there in your, your living room or wherever you're watching at, would you just lift your hand if you're here joining us to see that hand? Just lift up your hand and say, I- I'm going to surrender today. I'm going to pray a prayer of surrender. As we've heard, there's different types of prayer. This is a prayer of surrender to him. Would you all repeat this after me? Say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Take my life. I give it to you. I give you my all. As you've given me your life. Come into my life. Be my Lord. Make me clean. Make me whole. In you. I believe you died and rose again to set me free from the power of sin. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.